0: And now, live from Isolation Station in Burbank, California, it's The Plague Week 22 of the Alison Rosen is Your New Best Friend show. Tonight, Alison welcomes her guest. He's a comedian and the man Ellen DeGeneres thinks of when angrily dancing to Crazy in Love and summoning Aishma, King of the Nine Hells, and Zoroastrian, Demon of Wrath. It's Kevin T. Porter. And he's a comedian who you will always remember on the 21st night of September. It's Demi Adichwebe. Tone Zone is here to shake, shake, shake his sillies out and wiggle his waggles away. I'm her husband Daniel saying bring a bucket and a mop for this new best friend. Give me everything you got for your new best friend, Allison Roses.
1: Allison
2: Rosen. Alison Rosen.
3: Free. Hello, my little Santa Claus burgers. That particular carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon. Patreon by, by Lisa Lowry. Um, hello, and welcome to another episode of Alison Rosen is your new best friend. I just botched the beginning because I got so excited by a special thematic carbohydrate that was geared specifically to my guests because Whoa. they used to host a show called. A little show called Gilmore Guys. It's Kevin Porter, hello. Hi. And Demi Adigewebe, hello. hello. So, emphasis on
1: used to host.
3: Well, you, you made it through the series. What more can you do? That's
1: very that's true. it.
3: Exactly. So, now when you say emphasis on used to host, meaning like you want to be, be known for other things. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> well, so
1: I was trying to think of a joke answer. I was like, no, that's true.
3: <laughs> well, I feel like you guys are known for plenty of other things, which we'll get into. But when it came time to poll the Patreon people for the carb that I would address everyone as today, there were some Gilmore You know what? Actually, some of the... Here, I'm I'm just going to read the other ones that were submitted that I was... There were so many that were submitted, but these are the ones that were specific to you guys. So, the aforementioned Santa Claus Burger, submitted by Lisa Lowry. Someone suggested It's It's. Morgan suggested that because she said Kevin is now a cream fluencer.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Hey,
3: it's...
2: Hey, th- th- thanks to Demi. We'll get into that later, I'm
3: sure. I need <laughs> to know what that
2: is even about, that. about. You created the term cream fluencer, so that's all you
1: I feel like we created it together, Demi. <laughs> okay, you... I need
3: to know now. Oh <laughs> uh, now? Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: I'm pivoting I'm I'm abandoning my um long and stored career and I'm pivoting to becoming an ice cream influencer or a cream influencer. So, I'll go to different ice cream shops, take pictures of the ice cream, taste them on Instagram Live, and Haagen-Dazs and Jenny's and Van Leeuwen are going to send me free ice cream because of this. And it's definitely happening, even though it only happened one time about, about a month ago because Demi got free ice cream one time, and then he nudged the social media guy at Jenny's to give me some as well, and it worked.
3: That's great. But now, Demi, you don't consider yourself a cream influencer.
2: I'm not. <laughs> uh, I I just don't have what it takes. I don't think you have to earn that title. Yeah, you have to do I, the work. It's stolen valor for me to insist that I am. <laughs> <Sorry>. I
3: <clears throat> I also here's here's Kevin. This is uh, the challenge for you and me, and. I'm I am putting myself in the same category as you, as the like burgeoning fluencer person. The challenge is to make it past the first shipment because Skittles heard that I talked about them early on in the show and they sent me like a big tote bag in the shape of a Skittles package with a bunch of Skittles inside. But then they were gone after that. And then someone nudged Halo Tops, social media person, and they sent me stuff. But then that was it. How do we get like, how do you get to be like a, a go to?
1: Did you post and tag?
3: Yes, but I, but not in a way that I think would make them go, "Oh yeah, she's what we've been looking for."
1: Wow. Okay, so you seem to know the difference already between uh, you know. (laughs) So maybe I have what it takes. (laughs) Yeah, you just have to apply yourself.
3: And and I'm going to ask Demi, did Kevin do that when it came to the Jenny's ice cream?
2: I believe he did
1: i did I, I tagged and posted in the in the Instagram story, but they did not regram me
3: Ugh. and that's okay mm. oof I don't know about that now that's do you harsh. what do you think it's thirsty to like go out and buy yourself something from who you want to receive it from and then tag and post just so and you can get a taste and then
1: say hey, thanks to like blah blah <laughs> blah, blah for this free shipment, and they'd say we have no record of this at all, <laughs> so just like invite yourself to the party and say you were invited
2: and hopefully no one you. kicks you yeah, out hope for the
3: best
1: can you imagine being blocked by a brand That's yeah a <laughs> no no i answer.
2: haven't but i i'm like i can, can imagine, imagine myself just uh going after jenny's and being like fuck you guys and i being like we don't want to
3: deal with this <laughs> tony <laughs> have you ever been blocked by a brand Oh, hello, Tony Paxton. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Sometimes, this is now the second quarantine episode where I have forgotten to introduce you, which is actually, considering that we're going on like year 600 of this, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. But I still record, feel bad. Yeah.
0: It's good you record. should. You should feel terrible. I hope you don't okay. sleep tonight.
1: Wow. Okay. Wow. I mean,. I don't know. A little harsh? I don't know.
0: You guys thought he was
3: a nice guy.
1: Not harsh enough. Hey, I never thought Tony was a nice guy. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you.
3: (laughs) Okay, so going back to the carbs, Jennifer suggested pizza because it's George Clooney's favorite food and Demi named his dog Clooney.
2: I did. He's right here.
3: Oh, Pizza's his
2: favorite food?
3: Apparently. That sounds are you sure it's not
1: jennifer lawrence <laughs> that feels like not Clooney. his would be like a
3: risotto or something right oh yeah. hi Clooney! you can <laughs> see know. speaking of patreon if you want to see this dog head to patreon where you can see the whole video from the episode. whole video is on patreon yes i probably should have mentioned wow. that to you before oh no I no not no, have no worn
1: shorts you don't have to get consent to record people in california
2: <laughs> is that true no, it's not. <laughs> I was like, well, why do you know that, Kevin?
1: <laughs> I learned the hard way, as I do many things.
3: I thought, you know what? I usually, I, I just fucked up. Um, hey, it's okay.
1: We're, we've, we're all human. We've all made mistakes. And a lot of us have had a lot of time to reflect on those mistakes in quarantine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Speaking of... Uh, I am finding, and I was finding this before and then it kind of went away and I'm finding it a little more now that just like old things that I feel guilty about or like awkward things or misunderstandings are just getting so churned up and I'll sit there and I'm like, why? And it always happens in the kitchen, which makes you wonder, am I always in the kitchen? But (laughs) why am I, why is this like? very minor thing from when I was 23 popping into my head. Like, why am I spending this much time on this thing? Like my brain is just excavating old shit. Are you guys having that too?
2: I feel like that is the case with me a lot of the time uh, where it's just sort of like, Oh, my memory isn't very strong aside from in very specific things where it's like, well, this is a shameful thing that I did when I was in like sixth grade. And it's like, well, I think about that every so often. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, I think in quarantine we have less distraction. so it's just like these thoughts just keep popping back up.
3: Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Kevin, are you having that? Yeah,
1: definitely. I think I think um for me though it's less about past grievances. Although I do I wonder if if any of you share this where when I think about something that I I associate with like shame or guilt, I'll sometimes just like yelp if I'm alone, which sounds insane, but I will just go fuck or something like that, <laughs> just a- almost involuntarily, like I'm reliving it again. Mm. So I think that happens a little bit. But then also I found, um, like, mistakes I make during this time, too, or if something happens that, like, I have guilt or shame associated with it, that's a much harder thing, I think, to carry because there is so fewer distractions at your disposal. So the kind of coping mechanisms that you would have before just aren't, aren't ready and there for you. You can't just, well, I'll go out and drink with my friends and forget about this or mm-hmm. something. Right. Like that. It, it's, it just, it just kind of stays with you.
3: Right. Like each social interaction, because they are so few, uh, carries the weight of like 10 of them. Mm hmm. Um, totally. and, but, but the last carb, just cause I don't want to leave anyone out. Uh, Luke's French fries and Luke Dane's pancakes. And that was from Sarah Ellison. That is a Gilmore girls reference i was about to say
2: what does the burger have to do with us (laughs) the burger the santa claus burger well yeah
1: Yeah. what is that that was in season one he makes a santa claus on a burger using a bunch of ketchup and mayo and it is disgusting looking
2: (laughs) i do not recall this at all i could say anything happened that's and true. And you'd be like, yeah, sure. As far as I'm concerned, uh, that didn't happen, and you just made it up, and I just have to live with that.
1: And that's gaslighting. Uh, can that's I add one more to the list? <laughs> yes. Demi Adijui Bagels.
3: Oh, excellent. That's a carb, right? It's, th- yes, it is.
2: Surely you've heard that before, Demi, right? What do you mean, surely I've heard that before? I do making food puns out of my name?
1: Who's making puns? All your friends. What's your name? It just feels like it would collide. It's yeah. a, when I say Have all you your friends, I might just think about before? me.
3: Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. That might be what I... Yeah, I might be projecting here, unfortunately. Yeah, I've
2: never heard that at all.
3: <laughs> well, you're about to start. And then it'll be the right. kind of thing where it's like, were people always calling me this, or am I just more attuned to it now?
2: People are going to start throwing bagels at me on the street. I'll be like, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It'll be weirdly anti-Semitic and it won't make sense. Yeah. And I, she can say that. Into- <laughs> I can say that. That's right. <laughs> Where were you going to uh, pivot
2: into, Demi? Oh, I was yeah. going to say I'll become a bagel influencer. Bagel influencer Yeah. Bagel influencer I don't know. Absolutely.
3: So speaking of food puns that are like right there, uh, Daniel and I were just talking on an episode about... He so his last name is Quants and he's gonna start he's gonna like strike it rich with his size line of exercise tapes and oh, I yeah. was like I should spread into frozen entrees and it should be like so Nibbles McGee is like my my alter ego who snacks late at night and undoes <laughs> the work of Allison Rosen during the oh, day. Oh yeah, we, we got all that we, from
1: context. You No need to explain. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know Nibbles. <laughs>
3: You know Nibbles. So anyway, I was saying I should do like a Nibbles McGee frozen entrees. And then Tony was like, if I may, why not frozen, like F, small F, capital Rosen. Or, and then I was like, or what about frozen Rosens, like Famous Amos or Wetzel Pretzel? I think frozen Rosens
2: is the one. I would flip it around, just like Rosen's frozen's. Oh,
3: They're both so good. But here's the thing. I've been cold many times in my life, Um, not just when I lived in New York, but especially when I lived in New York, which I like to mention that I lived in New York. I thought you meant you
1: treated people coldly.
3: Oh, yes, that too. And I've also been, like, withdrawn. Right, and And um, now you can
1: reflect on it in quarantine.
3: And frigid both. Sexually and emotionally and temperature-wise. Okay. So,
1: <laughs>
0: wow.
3: Not really. Not really. I'm a, I'm a warm, passionate lady. Here's my That's question. That's too
0: much information. <laughs>
3: hey, okay, we got the drops go. coming through. Yay! <laughs> Who is that?
0: That's uh, Joe Quazala.
3: Ah, I love it. <laughs> um. So. How is it that my my entire life of having been cold, I've never referred to myself as a frozen Rosen?
2: Sometimes the ones that are just there are the ones that either people avoid because like, oh, I'm sure they've heard that before. Or it's just like, it's too simple. So it doesn't come to you.
3: I guess, yeah, but I mean, to, it's
1: so to cool. me, it feels like a rom com where it's like it's been in front of you the whole time, like a best friend that you've been yes. chummy with for years. Oh, and I years. thought you yes. the title
2: sounds like a rom com. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe an animated rom com. It's like N.C. <laughs> but
3: in but in my rom com, I will leave my husband in order to pursue Frozen Rosen or Rosen right? Mm-hmm. Frozen. Which
1: is why we Frozen. we actually I'm glad Daniel's not here because we did have something to talk to you about today. <laughs> uh demi and tony and i were texting before the show and, and we have some concerns about kind of the direction the marriage is going especially right now
3: oh i'm all ears tell me can i tell you the point that we have gotten to in our relationship you know at the beginning of a relationship when someone like says something and you don't quite hear it and you're like what and they're like oh nothing if it wasn't important enough to repeat like oh nothing and you're like no tell me what the other day, uh, I said something, and Daniel said what, and I said, "Oh, never mind." And he just stared straight ahead, like he's like, "Great, <laughs> all the all the more time for me to not listen to you."
1: <laughs> that's intimacy, though. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like I mean, comfort. F- yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's honesty.
3: It is, but there was no, like, I must, I like, I hang on every precious word that falls out of your mouth. There's none of that anymore. But I mean, there there hasn't been any of that for years.
0: Well, did you really want to get out? No,
3: no, I I don't even know what I had said. If I had really wanted to, I would have forced him to listen. So (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just saying there's not, there's not even the pretense of like really being into what the other one's saying. Yeah. But that's fine. That's, uh, you know, that's fine. Um, Okay.
1: It'd be funny if all three of us uh, zoned out and just started staring <laughs> into the distance right now.
3: <laughs> so, lots of stuff to get into. Demi, you just had a birthday, right? Because I, I did. know this, because speaking of Demi associated carbs, didn't you write his entire full name on some cupcakes, Kevin?
1: I did, yes. That was actually Demi's friend and roommate, Gabriel Gundecker's idea. Because his uh, Demi's full name equals almost exactly two dozen cupcakes. It's twenty-three <laughs> characters. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let me see if I can remember it Th- by spelling it. No, by saying it. It's like La Demi la Do Do. It's the oh, right amount of
2: syllables. Okay. It's like Odelah o- Demi la Day. De".
3: I think I got it, except for the d- I said Do instead of Day. Eh.
2: <laughs> wow. I mean,
3: I guess not. You but got a I mean, lot
1: I was. Demi day <laughs> now, something I pride myself on because I, I've ha- I've had to write it out so much is that, which is a stupid thing to pride myself on. Let me preface that, but I don't I don't have to look up your last name before I write it down, Demi. How it's spelled? I know. I exac- something to pride yourself on. I know exactly how it's spelled, but that said, I d- I I don't know exactly how to spell your first name. So. I did have to refer to your Wikipedia for that. <laughs> I don't know if, why I have one.
3: If someone said to me, Aphison Nozolin, I would... And then they're like, hey, I almost got it. I would have the exact same reaction you had, Demi. <laughs> like, nah, I
2: don't... Yeah, especially because well, you added a syllable. What were you going to say, Demi? I would... Well, Allison Rosen is a lot more of a... Uh, uh, I don't want to say like common name, but it's like, it's the kind of name where if you mess it up, I'd be like, this person might be having a stroke versus my <laughs> name where it's like, I can fully believe that someone has never heard this combination of syllables in their life. Right. So I'm like, eh, whatever. You tried.
3: <laughs> well, happy belated birthday. Thank yeah. you. And did you guys, was there karaoke involved?
2: There was. Uh, What'd you surprised guys surprised me in the park and we did socially distanced karaoke They set up a PA and a mic, and uh, we all just went up there. They put, like, little uh, plastic baggies on the microphones, and we all kept our masks on and tried to sing through uh, two layers of muffled uh, (laughs) material. It was very fun.
3: That's so (laughs) sweet. Was it a genuine surprise?
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, like, I knew that there was going to be a thing, uh, but I didn't know what it was going to be, so that was nice.
1: Well, yeah, and and I was was actually... um, kind of insecure that you might be bummed out because no one made um, sort of uh, uh, counterfeit plans instead. Like, hey, should we watch a movie over Zoom? Like, like no one was planning anything with him. There was no, like, false plans. That, and then it's like, just kidding, we're doing this instead. So, I, Demi, I didn't know if you thought people were just, like, fully forgot or were ignoring or anything like that.
2: I was like, they're... If they're not planning something, this fucking sucks. Because I was like, everyone's like, definitely not talking about it in a way that I'm like, okay, so they're either definitely planning something and pretending to like, not even think about it. Or they are just like, uh, I don't know, what does Demi want? If he wants to do something, he'll tell us. And I was like, I mean, either way, I'd be like, whatever. But it was, I was like, yeah, I hope they're planning something.
1: I know. That'd be such a crummy feeling if we weren't. It was just like, oh, yeah, happy birthday, I guess. And yeah, yeah last minute thing. Yeah, I think as a as a gathering, honestly, and I've done a few sort of... We've done different stages of birthday stuff before, I think, four months in to this. But that was the first event I went to where it didn't feel diminished, but it felt enhanced by the pandemic yeah. because it was a lot funnier and more fun. Like, people belting through muffled masks and just the setup and the weird looks we were getting from other park <laughs> people it was really funny and fun and it yeah. felt like i hopefully it, it felt like a natural extension of like what demi enjoys and likes oh, totally. too so yeah. it, so it, it, even though it was like a fun event everyone could participate in it was also personal uh, to him
2: It definitely didn't feel like, uh, we'll just pick a thing and do it. It was like, here's a thing that he likes. Let's make an alternative version of it. Yeah.
3: I feel like you guys are all, not that it's competition, but like making the most of the quarantine and like going out there and doing it and living your life and being creative and also being somewhat social in a safe way. And it's more like the pandemic is just happening to me.
2: What do you mean the pandemic is just happening to you?
3: Um, I'm just like trying to get through it, but, not, but there's not much joy. I mean, I have joy with my family, but I, there's no pictures of me in the outdoors with a mask on, like still going about my business outdoors. Totally. Maybe it's just a lack of pictures. I don't know. But I also think I don't do that.
1: <laughs> I, I honestly think, I'm sorry, Demi, go ahead.
2: No, I wasn't. You go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I think a lot of that is childless privilege. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a huge part of it. And, and I, don't, I don't knock anyone, I, like anyone with a family, I, obviously, I don't knock anyone with a family. <laughs> like, I don't hold that against anybody. <laughs>
3: well, thank you. I feel finally accepted. But especially people
1: that are, hey, yes, yes, no choice but to stand. But um, I, I have friends have not who don't have children that have not left their homes in like three months, just mm-hmm. out of an and they're not even immunocompromised or anything like that. But they don't go to the grocery store, or anything. So, so everyone are experiences they it.
3: Depressed or anxious?
1: I think they might be anxious, actually. But I don't. I don't think they're depressed. Um, but yeah, I know. I feel like, I feel like um, Demi's been pretty good about like picking new stuff to do every couple weeks and yeah. then nailing it and then moving on. Like Demi was painting uh, sometimes on Instagram for like three or four weeks. And- I gave
2: up doing it on Instagram because I was like, it's starting to become... I was like, I want to paint because I want to figure out some stuff to do that's just for me and doesn't feel like I'm doing it for an audience. And I was like, well, this is just doing it for an audience again. So I just stopped posting them. I'm like oh, here's my things.
3: I feel like that is really um the cross that millennials and zoomers bear this thing of like how do you experience something without doc- feeling the need to or the desire to document it at the same time
2: right mm-hmm. yeah well like... and i i I'm sorry, good, no, I was just gonna say, and I do feel like the more that i uh f- like step away from like doing things publicly but continue to do stuff, the more I'm like, this feels cool and uh, feels definitely like something that I'm doing because I enjoy it and not because I uh, feel like I have to do it for an audience.
3: I want to tell you guys about Ancestry Health. As a parent, worrying is in your job description. I was worrying long before I was a parent, by the way. But what are the things to worry about? Ancestry Health can help you cross a few things off your list when it comes to your family's inherited health risks. With their most advanced testing technology, next-generation sequencing, Ancestry Health is now better at identifying your genetic risk for developing breast cancer and heart issues, as well as many other many other things. Um, Better decisions for managing your family's health. Start with knowing your inherited risks with Ancestry Health. Uh, Ancestry Health looks at more places in your DNA than 23andMe, giving better odds of determining that you are at a lower genetic risk for some of the most commonly inherited conditions. Um, I love that you can, like in the past, if you wanted this kind of information, it was really expensive and really difficult to access it. You had to go to specialists and you had to, you know, there was all sorts of criteria that you had to qualify for. I love that this is now something that just as a consumer, you can just go get this information. Ancestry Health is FSA, HSA eligible. Contact your plan administrator for more information on eligibility and requirements for reimbursement. Find out what your DNA says about genetic risk with Ancestry Health. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com slash best friend to get your Ancestry Health kit today. That's Ancestry.com slash best friend, Ancestry.com slash best friend. And I also want to talk to you guys about something that I know Tony and I are super into, which is Brooklinen's towels. You know already how I feel about Brooklyn and sheets. They're the only sheets I sleep on. I just take them off my bed, wash them, put them back on. I love them. Um, but now, I'm also super into their towels. They have varying levels of plushness. Uh, this is the towel of your dreams, waiting to wrap you up. And especially now when we're home so much, uh, you want to be able to take a shower and then you want to wrap yourself in a towel that feels like a hug. I have the the most plush they're like the most just if a towel can be indulgent, that's this towel. Tony has one that's a little bit thinner that uh, dries faster, but Mm -hmm. you want to, you want to also get the plush one right for your days when you need a plush towel. Yeah. I'd like a,
0: I'd like get a big old boy.
3: (laughs) I believe (laughs) that's what they call it. Um, And then we both without planning it, we both selected the smoke color, but they have a bunch of colors that uh, all of them, will upgrade your bathroom. Brooklinen is the perfect place to find all the comforts for home, including ultra soft towels. They're so confident in their product that everything comes with a lifetime warranty. Use promo code best friend for 10% off your first order at brooklinen.com. That's brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code best friend. Brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code best friend. and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Now I know we don't normally do a lot of new. We do. I do. We do. We do news enough on the show that I have two different songs to intro the segment, and I never give Tony any warning. <laughs> nope. um,
0: but I'm ready but for one of them.
3: Something newsworthy has happened today, so I think I think we should discuss it. And I think some good hear... news, perhaps. I think it is some good news. Uh, oh. Let's hear. Let's hear one of these songs. <laughs>
2: It's the news with Allison. Allison is your best friend. Breaking news.
3: That's the one that I prefer. So thank you, Tony, and thank you, Trap Dog, for making all these songs. Uh, Biden's VP pick was announced today. It's Kamala Harris. How are you guys feeling about this?
2: I feel uh, generally resigned to politics right now, in the sense where it's like. Eh, nothing's going to happen that I'm like, yes, yes, let's do this. So I'm just sort of like, yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, And the same thing with Kamala where I'm just like, yeah, that's kind of what I expected and uh, they'll probably beat Trump with that combo. So, cool, let's do this.
3: Okay, I have a similar attitude about it because I'm seeing all sorts of tweets that are like, people over, like I started crying people. No, this it's not me saying this, it's like tweets of, of, of people saying they're crying and like, they're feeling hope for the first time. And I have more of a, a demitude about it of like, okay. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because in my heart of hearts, I like, I feel like if he had chosen Elizabeth Warren, I would have been like jumping up and down. Um, and I don't even know if that's fair. I just, so, I just, I just, she was my pick from the beginning for president. Um, I don't know. But I am excited about Kamala Harris, but I, I, but I feel a little bit numb in general, I guess.
2: Yeah, I, I feel think... very much numb about it all. But I, I uh, described it this way uh, a few, I guess, months now ago, where it's just sort of like, it feels like there was a spill and we had a chance to fix the pipe that was leaking. And now we're just sort of trying to be like, all right, well, mm-hmm. let's mop up the mess it made. And it's like, well, we should... This is, like, a—it's we're moving towards a place where it's, like, we're doing, uh, like, a very small step for a very big problem. So I'm just sort of like, well, I can't really get excited about it anymore. But I am just like, yeah, this is right good enough. I don't know. What were you going to say, yeah. Kevin?
1: I think kind of concurring with the shared disillusionment that both of you have, where even if it was Bernie or or someone a lot more ideal that aligned with my views or what I would want from the president I would still have disillusionment about it cuz I feel like oh yeah I feel like the thing that's just become so abundantly clear in the last couple of months is that none of these people serving your public interest truly care whether you live or die and that the disappointment has has absolutely transcended any party line and there's definitely people who are more reckless or more um, flagrantly reckless than others, but Eric Garcetti, to a large degree doesn't care whether you live or die and he was he was supposed to you know he was supposed to be the model mayor and he was even considering a presidential bid, so the idea of of the biden Kamala stuff it's it's whatever wins and whatever is the vote against people who truly kind of want to kill you or want to kill a population. Like, like,
3: these are the choices, someone who doesn't care whether you live or die or someone who wants you to die.
1: Yeah, right. I th- that, that might be the dichotomy, truly. Someone right. who cares about the USPS and someone that wants to murder the USPS. That's, yeah, yeah. and so, and yeah. so I'm, I'm happy and enthusiastic to vote against that. But I feel like the Stan the stanification of American politics and especially federal politics and the notorious RBG stuff. And even when Joe Biden was a meme where he's like the cool uncle that eats ice cream and has sunglasses on and, and the way people worshiped Obama and the way that people, I don't think any of us are friends with worship the current president, I think is a net negative for how American policy is done. Mm
3: -hmm. That being said, his tweet where he announced that he would pick her and i don't have it in front of me but what he said about like you know to to ele- elevate the working class and you know protect uh oh t- together they f- they took on the big banks and they worked to elevate the working class and protect women and children from abuse and i was thinking like it is really nice to have these values valued <laughs>
1: yeah i, I know articulate. i know what you're saying it's no nice I, have I, I fully these, know what you're saying yeah yeah
3: to, to to even see that those are the values that are being upheld is a ref, is refreshing after what's been happening um and i think maybe i am a little more hopeful about a biden harris presidency and what they might accomplish than it sounds like you are kevin but i still like it's hard to i think that we all had well i can't speak for everyone but I certainly had my hopes up so much in 2016. And then after that, I'm just like, I'm wary. Mm -hmm. Even though I feel like we're, we're kind we're almost coming up for air. Like we're about to be done with this nightmare. God willing. So I don't know. Maybe, but, but we thought that
1: in 2016, beyond a shadow of a doubt too, Mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, it's over. Like it's not even a question. Like there's, there, there feels like no solid ground to be certain of. The, yes. Truly, truly, the only thing you can be certain of is like, oh, Nazis don't love this, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, that's like, something. Like you can take stock in that, and beyond that, TBD.
3: Yeah, Tony, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat.
0: Like I feel good. I feel okay with it, but like, I kind of like with what Kevin was saying, though, I just, I've kind of always just had a very strong dislike for almost all politicians and kind of politics in general, uh, I but it's kind of just a necessary evil, uh, at least at this point, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's at least a step in the right direction, and that's all, unfortunately, I feel like that's all we can really ask for right now mm-hmm. so
3: if it's interesting to hear that you guys are all feeling uh not overly like not crazy enthusiastic in the same way there's calm about it in the same way that i am because like i said i got the sense of like what's wrong with me that i'm not experiencing this elation that so many people i follow women especially on twitter are so yeah i think it's like
0: as as positive as it can be for me right in this there's regard. plenty
3: of people yeah i mean now that i think about it there's plenty of people he could have picked where i would have felt like i don't know
0: yeah i yeah. can't think
3: of who the, like tim Cullen, amy
1: right? amy Cooby. yeah <laughs> well she took
3: herself out of the running a while ago right, but, right right right, yeah okay well so speaking of um women who are known to be not great bosses like amy Cooby. oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well this if you're not known for Gilmore guys it's gonna be this (laughs) this oh man do you not want to be known for this oh
1: I'm fine with that I mean I feel complicated if like the accomplishment is tearing down someone else's accomplishment you know what I mean like
3: yeah like it's it's an
1: interesting thing
3: yeah so let's get into it um and for I'm sure that there's people listening who are like what are you guys talking about then they're frustrated right now so let's explain um I'm sure they're aware of all the articles about Ellen right now talking about the, you know, there's an investigation going on over there now. And talking about the toxic culture and that she has presented herself as being so nice, but really she's not nice behind the scenes. And that was a rumor in Hol- – that was rumored for a while, but I w- but it was just sort of like an inside Hollywood rumor. And I remember actually hearing it and thinking like, oh, man, what a bummer. She seems like such a, a silly, pleasant, jovial lady like I bought in. Um, but anyway, in most of the articles about it, they mention our own Kevin T. Porter because and now you take over.
1: Oh, okay. Oh yeah, okay. I'm hosting this show now. <laughs> Kevin is your new best friend. I started a tweet thread back in March just asking for mean stories about Ellen being mean to regular people in exchange for donations to the LA Food Bank this is yeah it was it was in march so it was about a couple of weeks into the pandemic so sheer boredom and 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 people like demi and other friends of mine were already doing cool stuff for charity and kind of stunty fun things so i was like how can i do it i was like i don't know just <laughs> crap on on twitter which you know it's it was one of those things again where i thought this will be fun for our friends and mm-hmm. for comedy writer people where that's what you exchange stories about in writers rooms and just something that everyone fully knows, but doesn't ever say anything substantive publicly about, and so I started, and it got more um it got more popular than I thought it would, and more people responded to it than I thought would and so I shut off <laughs> donations after like the second day, but then it led to then Ellen just had. I uh, uh I'm trying to think of you know how like in Dick Van Dyke when he like trip, trips over the the ottoman and then he trips over it's like Ellen it keeps tripping over stuff with PR, where there was so there was that thread, which is like, who cares? It's just nonsense on Twitter. But then there was legitimate stories of her not communicating or paying her staff well during the pandemic. Then there were other stories of people coming on as guests and being mistreated. And then there was what really broke it was the reporting that Chris, Christie Gandoli did over at BuzzFeed, and she's the one that spoke to a bunch of Ellen employees and former employees off the like record. Thirty
3: six, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, and so many more that she hasn't even, like, published stories on yet or wasn't able to, like, verify to the integrity that they need to publish that stuff, but it was really her reporting that kind of broke it into this thing where now Katy Perry's defending Ellen, Diane Keaton's defending Ellen, Portia de Rossi saying it was a bot attack, but... But yeah, so I feel like it was kind of a link in that inevitable chain that would happen. But the BuzzFeed stuff was the stuff where it's like, oh, this is actually going to mm. maybe uh, affect things.
3: But you're still name checked and all that. And you actually wrote something for The Washington Post, right?
1: Yeah, The the Washington Post asked me to write an op-ed kind of about her brand as it pertains to kindness and why not? Because she's the host in daytime TV that always signs off with. Be kind to each other. Be kind to one another. She has a subscription box you can get called the Be Kind Box. Where for fifty four ninety nine a month, you can get Be Kind products. And it's like products that benefit charities. But anyway, it's like so fully her brand in a way that's not for other people. And so I wrote a piece kind of interrogating the, the distance between the perceived brand and Mm -hmm. the the reality of the person which exists for everyone like everyone kind of has to pretend to be a nice kind person everyone in late night is kind of a nice guy now or needs to pretend to be to to a degree but i think with hers because it was so specifically that Mm -hmm. and so loudly that was the interesting part of that and also
3: so i would say so convincingly that I For a long
1: time. Uh, to a degree. I feel like if you really watch the show the last few years though, you can kind of get Dave Letterman in the last stages of the late show vibes where mm. this person is a millionaire they're checked out. They're showing up to read stuff and leaving right. because even like the George W. Bush thing last year or oh, the Dakota right, right, Johnson right. interview, they got memefied a bunch. I feel like those were also like links in that chain. Of, yeah, oh, this isn't this isn't right. what is.
3: Yeah, I actually very rarely watch her show, so I'm trying to think where did where where have I formed this opinion of her? I think it's from seeing her. It's like from. Someone who is not paying much attention but just has a general sense of her. Like, oh, yeah, she's nice. She's funny and nice, you know.
1: Right, because that's been the brand. And people who share stories that she features on her show, it's always some viral, like, a dog saved a cat and then they got married or something like that. (laughs) Or, like, a little kid befriended an elephant and now they're mom and dad or whatever. (laughs) I know. No, that one deserves to be shouted out, actually.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Kevin, how do you feel being associated with all of this?
1: I have mixed feelings about it because I don't want to have the schadenfreude of like, yeah, take her down. Let's get her. You know, and especially like I also feel the pain of people that felt really seen and known by her stuff and kind of the groundbreaking stuff she did on her TV show and Mm -hmm. coming out the way that she did. And... You don't want to like, you don't want to cause anyone any more pain. But at the same time, you also want workplaces to be equitable and fair. And then going beyond just like, oh, Ellen's kind of rude or yells at interns, but like sexual harassment stuff. And, right. And but a that lot wasn't, of different.
3: That wasn't her, right? That was
1: there. Have not that was been an EP. Yet. Yeah. And it's just basic. So it's kind of like a patient zero of okay, what is the culture of television industry? Right. And what is the culture of staffs that get this way and who has oversight to what so you know if it if it contributes to a better workplace or or you know a a more fair workplace for people i think that's great but the kind of like drag her take her down stuff i'm like i'm whatever on there it was it was like fun the first i think the most fun of it was like that first week of the thread when it still Mm -hmm. just kind of felt like our people you know what i mean but then I, I just remember this. I looked it up, but like I got a I got a DM from her sister in law saying stop bullying her, which I thought was very funny.
3: Wait, her sister in law, <laughs> Portia DeRossi's sister or her Her brother's her oh. brother's wife. Yeah. Got it. Wow.
1: And she said stop bullying her, do something that or i I forget exactly what it said, but it was like it was odd, you know. Did so, you write I that? don't know. No, I didn't write that. No, I, I try not to troll people and Again, like, it's not like I want to be the Ellen, the guy who took Ellen, or and not even that, I'm that that's more BuzzFeed than me, but just... Right. Yeah, so it's a, it's a complicated thing to be associated with, I think. Yeah.
3: It's not all good, and it's not all bad, I guess. Right. Interest, it's interesting. I've just been... You know what I was thinking about today? Um, I've just been thinking about the the power of press and sometimes the, the way press can just like be the thing that pours, pours grease on a fire. Specifically what I was thinking about was, you know, Alison Roman, the New York, the disgraced New York times cookbook Mm -hmm. author, um, who. Your typo twin. Yes. And so I, I, it always amuses me when I get hate intended for her though, because it feels like it's like a get out of, get out of jail free card for me it's like oh this is not mine (laughs) Um, but I was thinking the thing that brought her down was she gave an interview to a magazine or a website or something and that's where all these problematic quotes came from and I was thinking like I wonder how the writer of that piece the interviewer feels because it was actually a pretty positive it was I think the intention was it was a positive piece it wasn't intended to be a hit piece or a takedown piece And then it's like she agreed to this interview. I'm not forgiving anyone anything, but like she agreed to this interview, and it totally fucked up her life. And as someone who used to work for magazines, um, and who has encountered people who hate the press and distrust the press and stuff, it kind of makes you go like, oh, I see where they're coming from. Like how, in general, like how much does that help? And then I, you know, I guess the the thread being. Kevin, every time you're mentioned in these stories about Ellen, in a sense, it's kind of cool because it's like you're getting mentioned in these you know big publications, but it's also like got this double-edged sword for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, truly, the only the, or the best part of it is I think uh, people I really admire started following me for, for the first time, like Julie Klausner, Karen Kilgariff, who used to work on Ellen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like awesome people like that. But yeah, because... And it's even and it's even a little bit removed from the Alison Roman thing, where it's like, oh, that was ostensibly a journalist or a writer who is formally doing a thing, where oh, I'm presenting this subject, Alison Roman. Okay, what's the responsibility here? What are the standards I need to meet? And mine is just nonsense. <laughs> it's like it's just like it's just like a conversation you would have in the car with a friend, maybe while getting <laughs> coffee as a comedian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, where it's like the thing that can present itself as value neutral actually being weaponized against you. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's why it's important to, like, hire good people and different kinds of people for those sort of positions so people know fully the kind of context they're giving, whether whether they're aware of it or not.
3: Right. Well, when I was working for various magazines, whenever I would encounter someone who was distrustful or who was like, what's your angle? Or I don't know, just like overly nervous about it. It always rubbed me the wrong way because I always took it personally. I always took it like, like, why don't you trust me? Like you can trust me. But now I, 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 they were probably, I think I always was trustworthy, but I get where they don't know me personally. They're just like, this is a magazine. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I, I want to, um, I want to turn this question kind of to Demi as someone who's had, a, yes. a number of like profiles written about him for like different publications. Like, I was, there was just that,
3: reading one by Brian Raftery from Yeah the Ringer, yeah, saying that you are like, didn't it say he's like the funniest guy on the internet?
1: Yeah, although I think it had the lead for now. Attached yeah, to it. it had a very
2: ominous for now that suggested he's going to murder me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. So like when, when you are in a position like that, where, cause you talk to him a few times and, and I, I was interviewed for that too, just to like, kind of give some context or some quotes about Demi and, and the guy was a very amiable guy, but it's still someone that you are entrusting to give you or like your work, a certain context. Like, what is it like to go through that process? Like how, how little or how much are you trusting of a person in that situation?
2: it sort of feels like uh hmm i'm trying to think of even how i th- i thought about the concept of like trusting him in that moment because it felt like there were so many things where it's i think uh my base thought was like ah, i don't really i don't think that it was necessarily i distrust him or i trust him as much as i am just sort of like i can only do the best to get my own uh idea across of what i'm doing and from if he just like hooks into a specific thing I say and like realizes there's a different angle, I just have to accept it. And I think that comes with, honestly, just from years of doing Gilmore Guys, it's like you can't really control your intention in saying a certain thing and then having the audience or other people be like, oh, I really interpreted it in this way. So it's just sort of like mm-hmm. I was just doing my best to be like, here's all the things that I am doing and here's all the things that I think... And if he uh, uncovers some angle of what I was saying that I wasn't necessarily meaning to put out there, then I just got to reckon with that. But I also uh, feel like I have the uh, advantage of not being super famous or the kind of person to where it's like people want to interpret things that I'm saying in a way where it's like, oh, that piece of shit just thinks they're better than us because blah, blah, blah. So it's like I... I think that the more famous or like knowledge or like well known you become, the more people will willfully want to interpret things that you are saying in a negative sense.
3: <laughs> yes, I th- yes, and I think that the more famous you are, then people are projecting their own stuff onto you about their right. ideas of fame and all that kind of stuff. Whereas maybe there's more goodwill built up when you're not yet a household name totally yeah people just
1: invent narratives about you
2: yeah but when you're someone who they're like oh i know about this guy and a lot of people don't yet you get a goodwill that also feels unfair like Mm -hmm. it feels like you don't ever fit in this like perfect line where people are like i'm just gonna see like just take it at face value it's either you're given goodwill or you are not given goodwill which is a very weird axis of like celebrity that i don't understand and feel very much like well i don't want to do this
3: <laughs> <laughs> um demi i didn't know that you had written a musical about the ikea monkey
2: oh uh yeah i wrote the musical as a fun live bit to do at a show once and then i just had so much fun tinkering with it and like sort of blowing it out that i've been doing it every so often uh whenever i'm asked to do a bit at a show but it's like i i feel It's a very fun thing that I've done, but I've done it for so long now that I'm just sort of like, I really need more live bits, but it just feels like, oh, not too many people have seen this yet, even though I've been doing it for a while. So it's like, I don't know, just a fun thing I wrote based on, I think it's very funny to make a big deal out of a small thing. So I thought, here's a thing that everyone was obsessed with for like three days. What if I made a musical about this event that a lot of people sort of are like, Oh yeah, I guess I remember that that happened. And yeah, yeah,
3: that you were quoted as saying something like you just think it's really funny the idea of a bunch of people treating this like absurd, you know, momentary thing as like taking it very seriously. Yes, which I agree is hilarious.
2: Yeah, it's fun to write. <laughs> it's
1: a great, it's a great piece. You, I I Kevin. think a, a big part of it is. It's funny how good it is, if that makes sense, that that much effort is put into such like a small, like when it's presented as like, here's another thing. And it's quite, it's quite operatic for where it exists usually when, when Demi performs it.
3: Demi, I know that you, we must have covered this when you came on the Monday show, but remind me where you learned music.
2: I even you saying learn music, I'm like, I don't feel like I did. But uh, I would like teach myself to play specific songs on the piano in like during lunches in fourth grade. And then like we got a Casio keyboard when I was young that I would fiddle with. And then eventually it was just sort of me being like, I like tinkering with this stuff. How can I do it digitally if I am not committed to actually like taking lessons for any music? So I like just figured out how to use Logic Pro and was like, okay, well I can hook this up to a keyboard and just play the little notes, then move it to where it's supposed to be. And it's just a lot of like me uh, learning a little bit of stuff and then modifying it digitally or like learning just enough to make a specific piece of music, but not much more.
3: Mm -hmm. That's impressive that you taught, that you taught yourself all that.
2: Yeah. It's, I, I feel like, I'm like, I get why it's impressive, but I'm also like, hey, with computers and the internet, anyone can do anything nowadays. I feel very much like <laughs> it's not that impressive, but thank you.
3: <laughs> I can't do Photoshop. I feel like I should be able to. That is, I was thinking about this.
2: I can't do it either.
0: That's Why do like you think a... you
3: can't? <sighs> well, I can answer for me
1: Are you can't do Photoshop <laughs> or Americans do Photoshop?
3: I am can't um uh, okay i uh i'm emmanuel can't <laughs> with when, that's my philosophy with photoshop well done um, thank you i feel like i could watch youtube videos or look at a book so i feel like i could but i, I just... think you
1: just need it for a specific test just to like learn it all is yeah. daunting but if it's like i need to put this head on this giraffe's body or whatever. And then you have to look yeah. that right. up or like, I need to change the tent, but just for this layer, then you have to look that up. And then you get to know the tools through that. I feel it's like-, like, I,
3: yeah, I lack the patience to learn. And yet I feel like my life would be so much simpler if I knew how Daniel does. He knows it well, so I can ask him to do stuff for me, but I just would love to be able to do it on my own. The Um, way that
2: Kevin described it, though, is exactly how I learned. It's like, I feel like everything I've learned has just been like, well, I want to do this specific thing. And then I'm like, oh, I could probably do that to do this, too. And then eventually you just are like, I know enough to confidently be like, if someone was like, can you do this? I'll be like, yeah, I'll do it. But it doesn't feel like you ever sit down and learn as much as I'm just like scrubbing through YouTube on like how to change the color in Photoshop. I'm like, "Uh, okay, got it. And then I just like, right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, when, when, I, when I'm trying to figure out how to do something, that is how I learn. I usually just Google it, but
2: right. for
3: some reason, I'm, I, I, Photoshop feels overwhelming. Tony, same for you?
0: Yeah, well, part of the problem, too, is that I don't uh, have it, and it's so expensive <laughs> to get. So, like, I don't want to buy it and then never use it. and, and uh, totally. Yeah, I feel like I could learn the little bits, but, yeah, I just haven't, like, been in a scenario
2: where I've really had a chance to.
1: I do the cloud subscription. Is that what you do, Demi?
2: That's what I do. Yeah. But as a kid, when I was learning it, I just, uh, pirated it. And then later on I was like, well, I can afford it now. I'll just get the subscription.
0: (laughs) I don't think I knew they were doing a subscription.
1: So children out there, pirate only until you can afford it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) No, not a day after.
3: (laughs) Uh, listen, whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to be to be what you're listening to, not what your roommates or neighbors or significant others are listening to. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday 25 earbuds are their best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, they're perfect for conference calls or binging podcasts. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls they're also super duper comfortable um, the company was founded by ray j and celebrities like snoop Dogg, brandy allison rosen are obsessed with raycons mm. now is the time to get the latest and greatest from raycon get 15 percent off your order at buyraycon.com slash best friend that's buyraycon.com slash best friend for 15 percent off raycon wireless earbuds buy raycon b-u-y-r-a- y-c-o-n dot com slash best friend okay oh my goodness whose face did we just see behind you kevin
1: oh that was mr john travolta and hairspray uh an an abominable performance who was that
2: before him uh which one
3: this guy black and white
2: photo of someone
3: is that beau bridges Oh, oh her
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, that's my friend Sarah. I just took that picture I really like it a lot. (laughs) She looks like a model. That's Wishbone. That's Wishbone as Robin Hood. Just another angle of Wishbone as Robin Hood.
3: Is Wishbone a famous dog? Oh, Oh, so
1: famous. celeb. do
3: you know Wishbone, the celebrity dog that we're now looking at pictures of behind Kevin? I do not. Wait,
2: you both don't know Wishbone? No, but we're the two old people, though. That's but right. I, oh no! I feel like Wishbone was like tail end of my childhood, though. It's like, oh, Wishbone was going out as I was growing up. I, don't
1: I was know. in the sweet spot for Wishbone. I actually owned a Wishbone plush toy that you could squeeze oh, wow. his little ear, and he would say fun things about literature.
3: What? Hmm. Oh wait, was Wishbone a dog that's supposed to inspire you to read?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Okay. I still, uh, it's still very vague. You no more, the, more about. Is
2: the dog itself could not read. <laughs> I know. And in that sense, it was a hypocrite. Mm-hmm.
3: So where did Wishbone air? Or no, like where did...
1: It was on the public broadcasting service. Service? Syndicate? What's the S stand for? System? Yeah, System. I think brain. so. PBS. Yes? Yes. Okay. Huh. He would go on little adventures. He would read a book and become the characters in the book. I he love would it. be the little Prince and Popper. He would be Robin Hood. He would be Midas... Uh it was it, it was Lisa. awesome. And they are they're doing a revival, but they're not bringing him back due to his passing. By the way, was his real,
3: his real name Wishbone? <laughs> it was
1: Edgar J. Wishbone. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um It's public broadcasting
0: like? service, by the way. I thought it was service. Service? Yeah, I, oh. it a mm-hmm. no, I thought it was system. My bad. I thought I was there with you. Service.
1: Hmm.
3: Do you remember uh, one ones to grow on was that just my time, Tony? I feel I like know, you should remember ones on. to grow on. Uh, you don't? Okay, I'm not sure. It would be on morning television on I don't know what channel. I want to say NBC, but I could be wrong. And there would be like a little skit or a sketch that had a lesson in it, and there were usually celebs. I don't know if they were from that network or just celebs at the time who were in it. And then they would go, "That's and that's one to grow on." That like, you'd learn not familiar. to shoplift, or you'd learn not to let a stranger, you know, abscond with you. You'd learn not to play with matches. And they were all ones to grow on.
0: It seems vague. Someone and familiar, out there. And it's, it's Someone all, it,
3: out there will remember. Let's do some Just Me or Everyone. Oh. It's been a while. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me? For everyone. Reminder, if you would like to uh, submit your Just Me or Everyone's, your JMOs, tweet them to at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F uh, on Twitter and use the hashtag J-M-O-E. Um, okay. Jennifer says, there is one item in the kitchen I could never find unless I say out loud, where is the? And then it magically appears. For me, it is vanilla extract. No, I don't have that. I feel as if I'm constantly always looking for things in the kitchen, but I don't have like a, I I can't summon them by asking the question out loud.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to, I feel like I lose things a lot and then I'll ask my roommate and he'll be like, oh, I put it in this place, but it's never like, oh, now I see it because I've said out loud where it is.
3: Right.
1: I I have so few things, I feel like, and I know where they all are. So this is fully unrelatable to me.
3: Imagine living life like that. It must be so nice. Do, I don't do you, have
1: to imagine. I'm doing it.
3: Do you never lose your keys? Do you always know where they are?
1: No, I lose my keys quite a bit. <laughs> I never lock my keys in, though. I don't do okay. that. I just, um, but, uh, two days ago, first time ever, I'm usually
0: very good at uh, like knowing where my keys are, put them in the same place. At the time, like lock my door immediately, put my keys up. And then uh, the other morning, I got up. It was a nice morning. I wanted to open my front door, have the screen door there. And my keys were in the door still.
1: All night oh. long. Oh. yeah, I've, I've done, done that, that overnight, yes. Yeah, yeah me absolutely. too.
2: I've done that at the entrance to my building, and then an hour later gone down and they were still there. And I'm like, how <laughs> did no one steal my keys?
1: That's nuts, Demi. Yeah. If it's to the downstairs of your building. Yep. Whoa. No. Well, it sounds like you got a little guardian angel looking after you. Sure <laughs> do.
3: And that's one to grow on. That's like the kind <laughs> of thing when they would say it. So, Kevin, you uh, make cookies all the time. I've been seeing the fruits of your cookie labor. Oh, are you, yes. Are you ever like, damn it, where's my baking soda?
1: No, I know exactly where the baking <gasps> soda is. Second shelf on the right. Mm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what about
1: has been nuts? baking a lot too.
3: Really? Yeah. What have you been making?
2: Uh, I've been making a lot of lemon cakes for some reason, uh, but then also orange glazed cinnamon rolls and some chocolate chip marshmallow cookies lately. And some ad- did you eat bagels? And some ad- did you eat bagels. Those will be next. Yeah.
3: Uh, Demi, do you know, right now, do you know where your. Or- do you put orange rind in your. In the orange uh, glazed cinnamon, cinnamon rolls? rolls? Yeah. Yes.
2: But the oranges are in a little bowl on top of my, uh, like, this white cabinet that I have in my uh, dining area.
3: I feel like that was a bad one because (laughs) most people know where their oranges are. Okay, do you know right now where your – do you have tarragon? Do you know where it is?
2: If I do, I do know where it is. It would be in the first cabinet on the left in my kitchen because that's where all the spices are.
3: All right. Looks like everyone's (laughs) – everyone's pretty organized tony do you know where do you know where your um um do you know where your basil is yeah
0: yeah i'll i'll i I, I, I ball ballpark where everything is i may not know like immediately the exact spot but i at least know the 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 ballpark
1: ballparks are big though i know not my ballpark you haven't been to
2: my ballpark Uh, baby
1: Okay, excuse me. I didn't mean to speak
2: uh, without knowing. He lives at a legal, little league field. Yeah, <laughs> <I> Allison, must... <laughs> do you know where your cornstarch is?
3: Ooh, I don't... I know what cabinet it might be in.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> okay, now she's hedging her answers a little bit. It might okay. be in
3: there. Oh, it might be in another cabinet. There's a problem. We have a few cabinets where it's like it. like... This cabinet has... Uh, chicken broth that's been unopened in those like cardboard container mm-hmm. things, and it also has a sewing kit, and it also has um, uh, like vitamins that no one's ever going to take, but they're Daniel, so I can't throw them out, and it also has tomatoes, and it might have cornstarch. We're just not organ, you know. It's just, just, mm. there's too much. It's a, it's the, that cabinet is trying to be all things to all people. Okay. Never Phil, works. Uh, Phil Scroggs says, "I misheard. I want to sell frozen entrees as I want to self rosen entrees." I mean, I don't know that anyone here heard that besides <laughs> us, but I feel like you're not the only one. And Phil Scroggs, I owe you an. E- I've been. I've owed Phil Scroggs an email for a long time now, and I'm just gonna. It's just gonna be an open letter on this episode. Phil was so kind and sent me a custom background for Zoom for Allison Rosen's New Best Friend because you know how you well, as we've seen with Kevin you can change your background um, and it was so well done however because I don't have a green screen when I tried to use it it was like a little bit yeah like see how when Kevin moves his body disappears oh how cool Kevin is in front of Demi
1: <laughs> it's a great illustration do you like this illustration Demi I do it's a nice is illustration that-
3: Was that the illustration that was used in the article that called you the funniest guy on the internet for now?
2: Yes.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. And now Kevin and Lady Gaga are on. So anyway, Phil, the reason I don't use it um, because without having a green screen, it's just a little it becomes a little too wonky if I move around at all. Um, But I appreciate it so much. Thank you. And I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've been meaning to email you. I imagine you must be like, whatever happened to her? Okay, Jonathan Pierce says, I like to make, quote unquote, sandwiches using sauces between bread. A1 sauce in particular. Don't at me with butter sandwich opinions, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F nation. So very early on in the show, there was just a running debate about whether two pieces of toast with butter on them put together. Is that a sandwich or not? What do you guys think? No. I think it is. Oh, I was going to really? say yes. Wait, okay. two
1: two pieces of toast with butter in between? Yeah. You need like one? It's just two
2: toast pieces next to each yeah, other, that's, right? That's what no, I No, I think there's something between them. How is yeah. that any different than peanut butter and jelly? Because there's peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> well, okay, what if well, it was instead just of peanut, peanut butter, butter, it's just butter.
1: Okay, but peanut butter is not like uh it's not it's not like a salt or a condiment the way that like butter is where it's like oh put some butter on your toast. I mean, you don't just say like put... You don't pe- just say I don't
2: think so. I don't think Wait, you say You don't say put peanut butter on toast. Yes, you do.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> not as much. No, and butter's not, <laughs> peanut butter isn't just like something you can easily bake What You're going to keep finding examples of ways in which you can do all these things.
2: Yes, because also, first of all, peanut butter has butter in the name because it's the same thing. It's a spreadable thing that you just put on the damn toast.
1: But it has its own like
2: caloric nutrition. So is a... nutrition the thing that you think defines it as a sandwich?
1: I think it just needs like heft. Yeah. I just like, you can like, put a some... lot
2: of butter on it. Yeah. But it's
1: <laughs> but it melts away, and then it's not there. Peanut butter like and does say not it's a melt shitty away.
2: Sandwich. It's a what? I think you could say it's a shitty sandwich, but <laughs> saying it's not a sandwich <laughs> at all might be... I'm like, come on.
3: What I, if it's not toast? What if it's bread? Then is it a butter sandwich?
2: I, I think s- yes.
1: I think it's more of a sandwich if it's just bread and butter in between it. Would that taste good? I'm going to have that tonight. Yeah, it would be bread and toast. butter.
3: Yeah. Um... Well, it's good to see that there's still a lot of uh, debate to be had around the topic of butter sandwiches, which is like a very, that's very old school. Allison Roses and your best friend. Hey, specific um, oh,
1: food opinions are a, a, a podcast discussion staple. Exactly. What would we be if we didn't get pedantic about like <laughs> the spread versus a butter and what's a butter? It's
3: great. Another old one was uh, when you're in the shower, do you sometimes face the stream and sometimes have your back to the stream, which was dubbed being a traveler? I feel like that's the normal way to shower. Or uh, so Matt Fondelier, who was the one who didn't travel, he would just stand in the shower with his back to the stream. And then when he wanted to rinse off his front, he would just lean, lean back into it. He never faced it.
1: Mm. Uh Hmm.
2: I, that's, that's unusual,
3: right? No, yeah, man. I'm
2: like, you he gotta face it. the shower at least once. But yeah. I get, like, flipping, but... Hmm.
3: Kevin, you just seem... You seem like you're listening to something bad or smelling something bad. I I just can't imagine a lifestyle in which
1: you have so much shame you can't even face your own shower head. <laughs> <laughs> what happened?
3: Um. Oh, and he would also... Oh, I forgot about this. When he would get out of the shower, he would wrap a towel around him. But like, you know how the generally, like on a TV show, you'll see a guy wrap a towel around his waist, but Matt would wrap it like like under his nipples. So it was called, we called it the tummy towel. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you guys wrap a towel if you're just doing a single towel?
2: Waist. Yeah. I sometimes do waist, sometimes go under the armpits. I don't know why. There's oh. no, like, there's no, like, rhythm to it. I think most of the time I'm going waste, but sometimes I'll just be like, eh, let's get, but sometimes I'll, like, just wrap it around me like a, 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 cloak.
3: A cloak, yes. Which
2: is not, uh, functional in any way. It's just, like, I'm cold.
1: Yes. When I was a kid, warmer. I used to use two towels. Whoa, why? was like, why? it's a must. I, I've got to put one around the waist and one around my, my upper body.
3: Was uh, that because of cold, because of temperature, or because of Shame.
1: Shame. Mm. I lived in Texas. It wasn't because of temperature. Yeah, you just we lived in Texas, not That's together, true. but separately, but equally.
3: But you both went, <laughs> and you both went to UT, right? We did, but not at the same time. Different he times. Was
2: graduating as I was getting there.
3: Mm. And Two Jackie Johnson months. went there too. Uh,
2: famously, was actually kicked out in to make space for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you you know why they kicked him out, because he was he was making banana pancakes and like I was straw. like,
2: there's one Jack Johnson song you can reference that I'd even get a joke. <laughs> Is oh, it no, banana no.
3: pancakes? I said Jackie Johnson. Oh, oh. Jackie Johnson.
2: <laughs> oh, I heard
3: Jack Johnson. I also
2: heard Jack Johnson. I was like, oh, news to me. Tony I'll roll with it. Did I
3: say Jack Johnson?
2: No, you said Jackie. I'm pretty okay, sure you I, told I, you're
3: Jack. I totally heard Jack. I worried this was a repeat of the time that apparently I said the David Matthews band but I feel like I said Dave Matthews but there is a drop which proves that <sighs> do you have David it David Matthews
2: uh, band is objectively funnier
3: David
2: Yeah it's he's so formal. weird
3: I felt like I felt like I said Dave Matthews band and like my mouth betrayed me cuz I don't ever think I thought David Matthews band
2: David Matthews band sounds like an orchestra
3: Yes
1: Lenny Pickett and the David Matthews Band.
3: <laughs>
1: a cartoon by Robert Smigel.
3: So, do you guys ever put um, a sauce between bread to make a sandwich, like A1 sauce?
2: Like, and that's it? Yeah. No. No, no but I also absolutely. don't make sandwiches that much.
1: I don't either. I I, I, don't, I don't think the that. bread is worth it, usually. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Uh... But I am curious what a one sauce between bread would taste like. I think it might be good. Okay, easy way I, to find out. It's low cost. <laughs> I know. Don't they make
2: like sandwiches in the UK with like a brown sauce? Yes. I wish I could just. I, I'm like, there's a, a word for it that I'm totally forgetting, and I just the I word don't. is strudel poodle. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more like to. I mean, like toasty or even more something that I don't know. Yeah, you toast, don't think
3: it's strudel poodle. Thing.
2: I don't think it's strudel poodle, somehow. All right, just because you were born over
3: there, you know it all, huh?
2: It's not helping me much here.
3: (laughs) So there's something called a toasty, like you can order a toasty? I've heard of a toasty before, yeah. And it's toast with this brown sauce in it?
2: I'm pretty sure it's just like any sandwich with two pieces of toasted bread. Oh. Because I'm like, I know a a cheese toasty is just like a grilled cheese. Hey,
1: well, you know, Google might say a toasty is merely an extension of love, particularly filled with cheese, a cheese toasty. It's basically a grilled cheese sandwich. It's yeah. in- instead of hmm. a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah.
3: So Chode to Joy says, I like to think I'm a competent adult, but I seriously just realized that Mad Libs is a play on Ad Libs. I never put that together.
2: I, I feel like that's one of those that I every few years relearn. And I'm like, Oh yes, yes.
1: This is my year. It's like Chips Ahoy. The cookies being Ships Ahoy.
3: I was late to that one too. Yeah. I was really late to Central Park
1: <clears throat>
3: from Friends. Wait, what's that? Like I'm Central just Park? <laughs> oh, okay. uh,
0: I know this is uh this is this is late on this, but just so uh people
1: can hear it, here you go.
3: The David Matthews band.
1: The David Matthews. David band.
2: Matthews.
3: Yeah. I swear it was like my lips. It was like I was still buffering. Like, my lips stuttered when I said it. It's like I your really... brain
2: went, well, I don't know him that well. Let's go David.
3: <laughs> I guess, but I, the entire time I was thinking Dave Matthews Band, I don't know.
2: I mean, I'm always I... thinking Dave Matthews Band.
3: <laughs> I think that's a deep fake. Um, okay. <laughs> oh. Leela <laughs> Rolling Stone says seems just me everyone seems like people have forgotten the rules of driving since COVID began so many people just stopping their cars in the middle of the street to chat with someone make a crazy U-turn drive against traffic etc I'm I really haven't been on the roads that much thankfully I have not really seen that what about you guys
2: I don't feel like I've seen it, but it was something I was worried was going to happen. Just like, oh, no one's driving, then we'll all drive again at once, and it'll be like, okay, well, there are car crashes on every intersection, but Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that.
1: I haven't seen either. I feel like everyone's been okay. I haven't seen, well, I did see a car literally on fire last night. That was interesting. Hell yeah.
3: Was it just on the? Where was it? Like on the side of the? It was on highway? the side of the
1: road, and yeah, I think the engine exploded. It looked scary, and you could That's smell scary. it from my car. It was so weird, mm. passing by it. Sounds Tons badass of,
2: seen, to me.
3: <laughs> have you ever seen a tree on fire, like in a lightning storm?
2: Oh god, uh, no. the, that would terrify me. Yeah, my,
0: uh, my parents had a tree in their backyard just struck by lightning recently, and it fried a ton of things in their house. They had to get a all kinds of new appliances and stuff.
2: Oh my How god. How do you not just feel like that's just biblical? That's just God. <laughs> you need to move. I told you guys, see, it's real. It's all <laughs> it's real. <laughs>
3: wait, the lightning fried a bunch of there or the tree being zapped?
0: The tree being zapped, uh yeah, it, it ended up then frying a bunch of stuff in the house. Which How? No, I know now like that I'm saying that out a, loud, I'm like, wait, what, there there must be an element to it that I'm forgetting now.
3: Like electrical lines or something? Yeah, I
0: guess so. Yeah. I'm I'm spacing at the moment. I brought it up and now I can't really deliver the story very Hmm. well. You're welcome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's a mystery. It'll leave me with something to think about. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, another bread related JMO. Vince <clears throat> Vicari says, I never eat the heels of bread, yet I never discard them right away. I leave them in the bag like a pair of bookends until I've finished the rest of the bread, and then I throw the heels away.
2: Yep, I do that.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. Usually. I just so
3: seldom buy bread, though. Same. Yeah. I never buy bread. And then lastly, no, pe- penultimately, chode to joy also says, "Topless bar and topless bar sound way too similar. How do we fix this super important problem? <clears throat> Abolish I... tapas. And, I, I th- 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 and nudity.
2: I think we either just call them nude bars or we call them uh, appetizers. We gotta pick one. Mm.
3: I love it. We came to the right place to solve mm-hmm. this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And lastly... Megan says, whenever someone says no worries, I am pretty sure it means worries. I, no worries, even though I don't <clears throat> really, I don't really endorse this or embrace it. No worries is like my go-to. How many times do I say no worries in texts and emails, Tony? All the time.
0: I, I guess I've never really thought about it, but like, I, that does, I don't, it doesn't even like register. Like, I don't think like what she's saying. I don't think it, I don't right. take it as worry.
3: Yeah.
1: And is is that why they call you the new NWA? No worries, Allison.
3: Yes, that is exactly why. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm
2: I just glad. Want to make sure. I'm glad
3: it's making the rounds.
2: <laughs> I feel like I say no sweat a lot, but I also it's just like whenever I say no worries, no sweat, no problem, I'm always just like I mean it. it don't please don't worry. I do not. I,
1: I I specifically associate no sweat with you, Demi. I feel like yeah. I don't know anyone else who who says no sweat.
2: I don't know why I've started. I I mean, or started. I've always I think said no sweat, but yeah, I'm like. Yeah, if I say that it's not like that's code for worry. It's like I truly uh I'm stressed out at the thought that you are worried, so I'm yeah. trying to assuage you and be like, "No, I really it's not a problem for me."
1: And yeah, and you're you're a man who enjoys sweating. We were dancing it up at your outdoor karaoke thing and I there love was sweat. sweat. Yes. <laughs> I
2: love you C- love C- 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 music factory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All um, sorts of
3: sweat. I feel like I might adopt no sweat just on the days where I'm tired of no worries. Yeah, go for it. Do you want me to give you a little attribution? Soul credit. No No sweat. It's (laughs) all you. Hey, there you go. You guys, this has been fun. Thank you. I
1: thought you were going to say something else. It was just dead silence. Yeah, it feels like we
2: were just like, "Uh, uh, sure. Was
1: it? Are you sure?
3: I am announcing that it has been fun. I don't even need you to agree.
1: Hey, hey, five year reunion done. on this show. How about that? Do you remember that? No, what? The the last time we were on this show together was five years ago. For real? Who was it? Yeah,
2: together. Oh, wow. Yes. Right? Wow. 2015.
3: That might be right. I mean, right. I'll have to take
2: your word for it. I don't have any semblance of time anymore. I think I might I'm right. be
3: right because you guys came on together. I did Gilmore yes. Guys, and then you guys uh, came on my show together. And then I've had you each on a Monday show and I've had you each on Thursday shows separately. Although I haven't had Demi in a while because full disclosure, he told... So you guys were supposed to come on together at the very beginning of quarantine. And I yep. checked in with both of them like, hey, are you still available? And, and Demi said what I have wanted to say for months now, which is I'm not super into doing remotes. I feel weird about them. So I'm like, yeah. oh, no worries. And then I circled back with you, and I'm like, Are, do you still feel this way? And you said you forgot that you had said that to me.
2: <laughs> I have done so – I've just been, like, doing so many remotes now since there's no other options, and I, I feel very much like – I. it's always, like, an easy favor to do if someone's like, will you do my podcast? I'm like, yeah, whatever. Then I'm just sort of like, I guess this is the new – way of the world so i'll just i know it's like
3: yeah that's how i feel like i was very i was very opposed to it before and now i just like i guess what we're doing
1: do you think it'll ever get to a point for any of us where we'll say to someone do you mind doing it in person and they'll say "Mm, i'd rather be at home when i do it do you think it'll Uh, ever get to that yes
3: i don't know that they'll actually say it but i think they'll they might not be that direct about it but i I do actually wonder about that. Like now that this has made us all realize we can do this. I wonder, um, are once, once we're able to do in person again, will the expectation be that we can still do them all remotely? Yeah.
2: I feel like once we can do in person stuff again, I would feel a lot more comfortable just being like, I don't really like doing this from my home because a, it feels like I'm working in the same area that I am like relaxing, but B, because I'm so easily distracted that it's like, if i'm not being forced to engage in a conversation i will slowly just drift away and then it's like someone will be like oh what do you think i'll be oh i was not paying yeah. attention i'm sorry mm-hmm. i saw a bug <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know and and you know uh, Demi dem and i and our friends like talking about like what's gonna happen to movies because that was just such Oof. a ritual for us when yeah. when we could go to movies what's gonna happen to movies what's gonna happen to movie theaters my new take now is that movie theaters are going to explode with business post-lockdown. Oh, probably. No one will want to do Netflix and chill or Hulu and hang. Everyone's going to be like, get me the heck out of here. And they'll do record business. Like, whatever the first summer is where it's safe, if it's next year or the year after, it'll be a record summer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The restaurant reopenings have shown me that people will just be like, I don't care. Let's go. Let's go see uh, Dougal or whatever is playing in theaters. I would kill to see Dougal, dude. Ah, <laughs> Norm of the North, come on, let's go.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I was, I've never been to a drive-in. And I was thinking, maybe I should just go to a drive-in. And if I were to go, I wouldn't really care what's playing. It's just about going.
2: I've been a few times, and it's like, it's very fun. It doesn't feel the same as being in a movie theater, but I'm it sure. does feel like... It's the best you can do, and it's nice.
1: Demi and I went together a couple months we ago did. and had a great time. I what? thought, except it was, I got a little sleepy at the end. <laughs> oh, me too. It was like what that, movie? It was a double was feature it Dougal? of Dougal, Dougal and Norman. It, Norm it the was North? Dougal and Dougal I wish. Two, Two Uh <laughs> It was it was Evil Dead and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that's yeah. scary. Which by the end of it, the end of Texas Chainsaw is so eviscerating that it it just made it afterwards both Demi and I made noises like okay (laughs) it was it was it was a tough hang by the end of it because it was effective but it was fun to be with people Honking their little horns
2: as reactions the is the or flight—it's so funny. It's so funny
1: because you can't yes. laugh;
2: you just have to go honk. <laughs> yeah, and you can't cheer; you just go honk, and then it's just a cavalcade of people honking for all sorts of reactions—from like I recognize this scene to this is scary to like yay it's over. And I'm like, okay, there's just one reaction I have.
3: Sometimes
1: the honks are lonely if they can't get it started. Mm. <laughs>
3: Um, was it more or less scary being in a car?
1: I, hmm. Less. I think less because I, I could turn down the sound if I wanted to. That's
2: true. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel as like you are engrossed in the atmosphere <laughs> as you are when you're in a theater. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I recommend it. Mission Tiki Drive-In. Three, free ad. Just, you know, about 30 minutes from where I'm at.
3: It's in Montclair, right? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. There's also the uh, Vineland drive-in in in Vineland. That's pretty good.
3: I don't... Is Vineland a city?
2: I think so.
0: This
3: this is hyper-local content. What'd you say, Tony?
0: Oh, I just said that one is also a little bit of a drive but not crazy I think that's like a half hour or so away I believe yeah, my, fear with,
3: the same distance. Yeah. my fear with doing things like that is where do you pee if you need to pee like there's plenty of th- adventures I think of going on and then I think but what do I do if I need to pee which I always do yeah they
2: have bathrooms but it's like the whole I mean it's up to you if you feel comfortable using them
3: Yeah. I don't know anymore. I went to a doctor's appointment yesterday and they had said ahead of time, we'll, you know, when you get there, park and um, text, you know, respond to this text and write arrived. And then you'll receive a text from us that says ready when an exam room is ready. So when you get that, make your way in. So when I got the ready text, I went in thinking I would just go straight to the exam room. But like, There were all these people in the hallway, socially distanced but still, like waiting to get in. And then in the waiting room, there were all these people distanced but still. And it just was so anxiety-inducing for me. Mm -hmm. It was so nerve-wracking because I just expected it would be like when I've taken my my kids to the pediatrician where you don't see another person. This was like, like if I want to be around this many people, it's certainly not going to be because I'm getting a pap smear.
2: Right. Yeah, I I took my dog to a vet checkup, and it was the same thing of being like, you just wait in the car until they call you, Mm -hmm. and even then it's like, sometimes there's just a crowd of people outside the hospital, and I'm just like, okay, I don't want to be around all of you guys, because it's always like, people are just, like, at the bare level of following the rules of, like, having a mask, but it seems like they don't, it's just, they'll put it wherever, or just let it hang from their neck, and I'm like, all right well then, what are we doing here? Yep.
3: Right. And then I got in the elevator to leave, and I'm kind of weird about elevators right now because my sister saw an epidemiologist on Facebook say she avoids elevators, so therefore that's like the CDC said it. Mm. Um, but I get on the elevator, and then this woman and this man come on, and he's got his mask hanging below his nose, and I was part of me is like I should just get off the elevator, but I didn't. He put it, but then when I looked at him, he put he pulled it up. But I don't know. I don't know if I should have got. I don't. I don't know anymore. I-
2: I was heading into my building to take the elevator and a guy opened the door without a mask. He, was like, he just said, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't have my mask. And I was like, well, don't talk. <laughs> you're, too, <laughs> right. you're too close to me. Don't. Yeah. I don't
1: know. He does a, an impassioned monologue to you. Like, I'm ever so, since I was a
2: kid, so, 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 so. my dad
3: yeah. never wore a mask.
2: Let me blow you a kiss to make up for this. <laughs> and
3: now is the part where I break into song. Exactly. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm like trying to... T- I, but I feel like there's a discrepancy between the actual risk that I took versus how I felt about it. But at the same time, there's no... I mean, of course, like not seeing any other people is safer than being among people.
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. Well. We agree.
3: <laughs> I know it's something I controversial that I just said. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my own, uh, my own... And I'm supposed to go back next week for an ultrasound... But I'm kind of thinking about um, not doing it. I don't know. This is my own private hell that I'm going through. It's really not that big a deal. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I just don't know what to do. I just don't want to be around a whole bunch of people again. It makes me too scared. Right. So maybe I'll talk to them. You know, I just wonder if maybe there was a breakdown in how it's supposed to go. Like, if maybe... Because it's a big practice. So all it would take is like a few people being off schedule. Like, when they say ready really is the exam room supposed to be ready or is it like we say ready and then you come and then you wait another half an hour because that's what happened.
1: It's like rock, paper, scissors, shoot versus rock, paper, scissors.
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) We got to agree upon the terms before we play.
3: I think I just need to call them and ask like, is there a way I could come in when you're really ready for me? Because, um, I'm a big scaredy cat and I don't Mm. want, um, this COVID. Eh, Meow, meow, meow. Meow. Um, you guys, I'm going to say it again. This has been really fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Listen to my other podcast, Childish. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. Sign up for Patreon. You'll see this video and there's all sorts of behind the scenes content. And I am toying, heavily toying, leaning toward the idea of doing a new, uh, a weekly bonus episode on Patreon. I think I'm probably going to. If you like that idea, let me know. Um, I like it. (laughs) <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you honk. and uh if you like please make sure you're subscribed and download rate review the the all of that helps out the show so much and uh also i'm on cameo cameo.com slash allison rosen kevin where do we find you and what should we look out for
1: at electro lemon you can find me everywhere <laughs> at that handle And uh, Uh, look out for (laughs) Good Christian
3: Fun,
2: the podcast
3: I host. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, And Demi?
2: I'm at Kevin T. Porter on all platforms. uh, And you can also look out for Good Christian Fun, the podcast that I believe someone, I think it's Kevin, hosts that.
3: (laughs) Confusing universe. (laughs) I'm not mistaken. But, um, Kevin, doesn't Demi have podcasts?
2: No. Nope. I got nothing.
3: You did, right?
2: I did. I had a podcast called Punch Up the Jam uh, that I left, and uh, now uh, Miel Bredo is fully taken over and is doing a great job. So check that out.
3: Okay. We will. And Tony?
0: Uh, At Tony Thaxton, Twitter and Instagram, and my podcast, Bizarre Albums.
3: That's it. Team Tony. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for listening, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hey,
2: do you know about the Allison Road?